Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth, who keeps the truth forever, who does not forsake the works of his hands. Amen. Grace be unto you, and peace from him which is and which was and which is to come. And from the seven spirits we are before his throne. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth. Amen. Let's sing together Psalter 2.13, stanzas 1, 2, and 3. 2.13, stanzas 1, 2, and 3.
after the confession of faith, we will sing Psalm 14, verses 1 and 2. Verses 1 and 2 of Psalter 14, after we have confessed with heart and mind our Christian faith with the words of the Apostles' Creed and Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day 39, question and answer 104, as follows. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only begotten Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he arose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost. I believe in the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Question 104. What does God require in the fifth commandment? Answer that I show all honor, love, and fidelity to my father and mother and all in authority over me and submit myself to their good instruction and correction with due obedience and also patiently bear with their weakness, weaknesses and infirmities since it pleases God to give us by their hand.
Let's open our Bibles in the book of Joshua, chapter 24. Joshua, chapter 24, and we will read from verse 14 till the end of the chapter. Chapter 24 of Joshua, starting in verse 14. Now, therefore, fear the Lord, and serve him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood, and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And the people answered and said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For the Lord our God, he it is that brought us up and our fathers out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, and which did those great signs in our sight and preserved us in all the way wherein we went and among all the people through whom we passed. And the Lord drave out from before us all the people, even the Amorites, which dwelt in the land. Therefore will we also serve the Lord, for he is our God. And Joshua said unto the people, Ye cannot serve the Lord, for he is an holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions nor your sins. If ye forsake the Lord and serve strange gods, strange gods, then he will turn and do your hurt and consume you after that he had done you good. And the people said unto Joshua, Nay, but we will serve the Lord. And Joshua said unto the people, Ye are witnesses against yourself that ye have chosen you the Lord to serve him. And they said, We are witnesses now therefore put away, said he, the strange gods which are among you, and incline your hearts unto the Lord God of Israel. And the people said unto Joshua, The Lord our God will we serve, and his voice will we obey. So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day, and set them a statue and an ordinance in and Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law of God and took a great stone and set it up there under an oak that was by the sanctuary of the Lord. And Joshua said unto all the people, Behold, this stone shall be a witness unto us, for it had heard all the words of the Lord which he spake unto us. It shall be therefore a witness 
unto you, lest ye deny your God. Show Joshua that the people depart every man unto unto his inheritance. Thus far the reading of God's word. Let us pray. Lord, we come to Thee also for the second time on this Sabbath day. Thou hast brought us together again to worship Thee, to call upon Thy name in our prayers. After Thou hast spoken to us out of the Scriptures, And O Lord, the people of Israel made that choice to serve Thee. And we pray, God, that also we and our families may serve Thee with our whole heart in a true faith. And we would, and we will think about that in this evening service. What it means to serve Thee as a family. Oh Lord, we pray for Thy Holy Spirit to open our hearts and to open Thy Word, but also to. Give us wisdom as parents, as couples, to worship Thee in our family life. And so, O Lord, work mightily among us, and although that our families might be a little church in the midst of the church. Oh, that they're out of our families can cry unto Thee. Oh, Lord, remember us and remember our families. Lord, we, we pray. Remember the congregation in all the circumstances. Lord, in all the blessings Thou has given us up till today. And we thank Thee for all these good things. We pray that, it may, that they may humble us before Thee. Lord, we pray also for all the needs which are also among us. Some of them we know, and others we don't. But Thou knowest everything. Thou knowest all the needs of each and every one of us. And we bring them all before Thee. And we pray, Lord, give strength and give courage. And we pray, remember, in particular, our 
elderly and elderly people who are not able to be in our midst today. Maybe they are listening at home. Maybe they are even not able to do that. Oh, please be with them and strengthen them. Speak to their souls. Oh, Lord, by thy Holy Spirit. We pray for widows and widowers. Strengthen them and be with them. Pray, Lord, for those who have lost parents. Thou knowest how hard it is and how difficult it can be. How we can miss a father or a mother or both. Lord, we pray for those who are lonely. They can be in the midst of a family or go alone through this world. But it can be such a struggle, Lord, to feel so alone in this world. We pray in particular, remember them and that they also might experience thy presence in their lives. We pray for our children and our youth, and they have to go to school. Lord, help them and strengthen them in their daily task, and give them what they stand in need of. Also our elderly youth, in their labors or in their studies, thou knowest all the questions they are facing sometimes. O Lord, help them and be with them. And grant them also a prayerful life and a prayerful heart. Remember those who are struggling with health issues, physical or mental. Lord, thou knowest the battle and help and strengthen them. We pray, Lord, be with thy church. In our area, remember thy servants, strengthen them, and be with them. O Lord, and use the ministry to the glory of thy name and the extension of thy kingdom. We pray for thy worldwide church. O Lord Jesus, that's our only hope and our expectation. Thou art the head of the church. And thou hast promised never forsake thy church. Our eyes are unto thee, O living Jesus. Thou knowest on how many places thy church is weak, filled with worldliness and need to be revived. 
Oh, may we pray for a revival in the churches. Oh, Lord Jesus, in the lives of young and old, in the lives of office bearers and congregations, oh, please, work mightily. When we see in our times, Lord, how Satan is going around like a roaring lion on so many different levels, and we see the reality of the brokenness of sin, oh, Lord, show also thy power in the strengthening of thy people. And that thy church might be a light in this world. O oh, Lord, that we might be able to lift up the cross of Jesus in the midst of a crooked world. Oh, that's the only message with real hope and expectation. Lord, we pray for the mission work. We pray for the mission work, Lord, in prisons, in jails. We pray for the mission work in foreign countries. And we pray for those missionaries, grant them wisdom and grant them help and grant them courage. But in particular, thy Holy Spirit and use the ministries. And remember those places on this world which are still not reached with the message of the gospel. O oh Lord, open doors that also in these places thy word might be preached. People might come to knowledge of that one Savior given in this world to get saved. Oh, please, Lord. And so we pray for thy church, also for thy persecuted church. Help and strengthen them and be with them. Remember thy people Israel. Open their eyes. Thou knowest how they are in the midst of a war and with all the pressure on, of the world around them, give them wisdom, but in particular that they might repent and that they might come to that blessed knowledge of Thee, O Lord Jesus. O we pray, like Thou hast promised in the Scriptures, that it would, be ha that it would happen Oh, our eyes are and use also these difficult circumstances. Lord, may we also pray for candidate Arma when he hopes to be installed coming Wednesday as a minister of the word. Be with him and his wife. Bless them and let them be a blessing in the midst of the congregation and in the midst of the church. Give them and grant them thy Holy Spirit 
in both of the services. And that thy kingdom might come. All be with him and strengthen him. And may we also remember him in our personal prayers. Lord, have mercy upon us. Help us in listening. Help us also in preaching. And we ask all these things only for Jesus' sake. Amen. Let's sing together from Psalter 320. Psalter 320, and we will sing all stanzas, and there will also be the collections. May the Lord bless you and your gifts.
Congregation, this evening service I would like to dwell upon again the fifth commandment, which you can find in question 104, where it's asked, what does God require in the fifth commandment? And then there's the answer that I show all honor, love, and fidelity to my father and mother and all in authority over me and submit myself to their good instruction and correction with due obedience, and also patiently bear with their weaknesses and infirmities, since it pleases God to govern us by their hand. And we have already have spoken about the, what it means to, to lift up our parents, to love our parents. And I have spoken about how, as parents, we need to be an example for our children, how they can serve us as parents. But there is one part, and I, I haven't spoken about that only briefly, but I would like to do that this, this afternoon service more extensive. And that's the part of that I have to submit myself to their good instruction is a part of the fifth commandment that there is instruction in families. As parents, we need to teach our children. We need to teach our children in the ways of God and in the Word of God. And that's actually why we read together from Joshua in Joshua Joshua 24, when Joshua is at the end of his life, you can find it in chapter 23, beginning of 23, he says, it says, and it came to pass a long time after the Lord has given the rest unto Israel from all their enemies round about, that Joshua waxed old and stricken in age. And that he also, and Joshua called for all Israel and for their elders and for their heat, for their heads and for their judges and for their officers and said unto him, to them, I am old and stricken in age. He became, an, he was an old man and died to death. And in particular, when you are older, as a father, as a mother, and you see your family, and you look back in your life, you feel the responsibility being a father, being responsible for the upbringing of your children. Also this man, Joshua, we know God has given him the opportunity to lead the people of Israel into the promised land. Joshua has been a God-fearing man. And when he comes at the end of his life and he calls all the oldest people of Israel, all the office bearers, we would, I would say, and he called them to come to him. And you can find it in verse the first verse of chapter 24, and Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and called for the elders of Israel and for the heads and for the judges and for their officers, and they presented themselves 
not be for him, but be for God. It, was, it must be a very solemn moment when that old man sees all the people of Israel and all the elderly people there and the judges and the officers, and to be aware to stay in front of God. And Joshua said unto all the people, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel. And then he starts to speak about the history of the people of Israel. How God has dealt with Abraham. And how God has promised Abraham to give him the land in which the people of Israel now are dwelling. And now here at this place in Jacob, Joshua wants to renew the covenant God made with his people in the wilderness. And then he is asking his people to serve God. You can find it in verse 14. And now therefore fear the Lord and serve Him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood. And in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. This old man, this old father... He was commanding the people of Israel to serve God, to serve the Lord. And then he gives by himself an example. And you can find it in verse 15. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord... Choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served, that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's remarkable, children, that, that Joshua says to, speaks to the people of Israel, you have to serve your Lord, the Lord your God. He is the covenant God. He brought you out of the land of Egypt in this promised land and serve this God, your God, the only God. But Joshua was very aware, and the history of the people of Israel has taught him that also the people of Israel, the covenant people, were often serving idols and other gods. But at that very moment when, when the people and the leaders are in front of God, He is, he is actually um, asking, commanding to serve, the, to serve the God of Israel. And then He gives an example. And this is wonderful. Then he says, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. 
And we have spoken a little bit about it with catechism class this morning. And, and children, do you remember that what I was telling you when yeah, Joshua was an old man? He was a father. He was a grandfather. And maybe also a great-grandfather. And he decided, not only for himself, but also for his entire family, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Oh, that's a wonderful story, isn't it? And you try to imagine how that old man is standing there and he is nigh to death. But he said, my family also, my, all my children, and all my grandchildren, and all my great-grandchildren. And that can be a large number. Yesterday we had the funeral from Mrs. Everts and half of the church was filled with family members of her. 113 great-grandchildren Mrs. Evers has. And, 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 and so you have a kind of an idea how when Joshua is staying there with all the people around him, he says, me and my house. Also the little, the little of my great-grandchildren, we will serve the only God, the God of Israel, the God of the Bible. To honor our father and to honor our mother. Oh, what a, what a blessing to have such an, a father, to have such a grandfather or a great-grandfather who is, who is so convinced that, that his whole family, he, he takes responsibility for his whole, whole family. Yeah, we are so, today we are so focused on ourselves, we will say to, sometimes to parents, don't, um, um, don't talk about that to me. I, I, I will do what I want to do. But in the time of Joshua, and I think this is the biblical way, Joshua took responsibility to serve God as a family. And it's wonderful how he had a huge influence in, in, in his time and among the people. Because you can find it in verse 31. And Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders that overlived Joshua and which had known all the works of the Lord that he had done for Israel. Dear parents, this is a, this service, I want to talk with you about how are we as families dealing with worshiping God? Are you like Joshua? Is it in your heart? 
Is it your desire? Is it your prayer? Is it your need? Is it your choice? Me. That's first of all. First of all, myself. It always started in our personal lives. When we will speak about family worship, parents, first of all, you need to know the Lord. How you can be a parent without knowing the Lord? My dear young friends, I know when we are young, we like to have, we like to get married. Yes, and I really hope you will find a spouse in your life and pray for that. But how you can ever start marriage life without knowing God, how you can ever raise children without knowing Christ. Oh, as parents, we are responsible for the salvation of our children. Oh, dear parents, I want to put the responsibility of that on your souls this afternoon. And my dear young people, so when you are looking for a girlfriend or a boyfriend, please pray, God, that you might find a husband or a wife to fear the Lord, to serve Him. Me and my house, we will serve the Lord, dear parents. Do you know the Lord? Do you serve the Lord in your daily lives, in your personal lives? And when it comes to the fifth commandment, and you are called to instruct your family, do you know what you have to instruct them? Do you know that? Have you learned to be a lost sinner? Have you learned to need the Savior, to be washed by the blood of Christ? Joshua, that old man, out of, out of the love of his heart, he, he, he confessed me and my house. We will serve the Lord. That's a wonderful word, to serve the Lord. That's in the Hebrew word, in the Hebrew language is the word abet. And Abraham is called an, an abbot Javah, a servant of God. But also the Lord Jesus, the abbot Javah, the Lord Jesus Christ. We know from Philippians chapter 2, he is called a servant. Servant, the Abbot Yahweh, the servant of God, to serve God. What, what does that mean? That's not only to be called a Christian, that we have a name of a Christian. No, that we are serving God 
according to his word, according to the scriptures. And that's a specific responsibility for parents, and more particular, for a father. Dear fathers, you are called to be a priest in your family. You are called to take responsibility for serving the Lord in your family and in your family life. Like Joshua, he took responsibility for his whole family. Maybe there were some of them who didn't like it. But, but he took responsibility, and he said, me and my house, we will serve. No, not religion. But we will serve the living God. We will serve the Lord. Yes. How did Jesus serve God? In submitting himself in his whole life to his Father. To sacrifice himself. So, fathers, when we are called to be, to be a priest, to be a prophet, and to be a king in our families. We have an example in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because that's what you have promised on the day of your wedding, and let me just quote it from the form. You have answered that question. It's on, one page, it's on page 156. For you are the bridegroom. You who are the bridegroom must know that God hath set you to be the head of your wife that you, according to your ability, shall lead her with discretion, instructing, comforting, protecting her, as the head rules the body. Yea, as Christ is the head, the wisdom, consolation, and assistance to his church. So, and you have answered that question to be willing to lead your spouse, your wife, instructing. And so, that's why we are called to instruct our families, our children. And maybe here are couples who don't have children. But this is also, this is first of all a matter of marriage life. So just when you are together with two, you are a family. And as a family, 
worshiping to, to call to worship God. And man, you were called to lead your family in worshiping the Lord. This is also what we have promised in baptism. In that last question that we would instruct, yes, we are also willing that, to help to find others to instruct us, to find schools, to send our children to catechism and Sunday school classes. But first of all, as parents, we are called to teach our children to be the hands of God. My dear people, and I think this is what we need today. This is what we need today. There is so much religion, Christian religion, without God-fearing parents, without that then to, to feel the weight of the souls of our children in our hearts, we still can keep going with all kind of religious things. But like we can learn, and this is what I want to speak about with you from the Puritans, how they felt the need as families oh, to, to serve God as a family. God is a God of families. Oh, that we might feel the responsibility, but not only the responsibility, but also that longing, that longing, oh Lord, that longing from Joshua, me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Oh, I may share it. Yesterday we had a funeral from Mrs. Everts. And one of, her, one of her sons, he told about the last talk he had with his mother. And we know Mrs. Everts had a large family. But then he asked his mother, Mom, can you meet God in peace? And she said, yes. I can. And then she said, and I hope and I pray that all my children also will be there. And this is the longing of every God-fearing father and of every God-fearing mother, Lord, that all my children, that all my grandchildren in this life, might know thee when we stand before thy throne, that, uh, that we may come with our children to worship God, to glorify Christ. And so, this is also part of the fifth commandment, that we have to teach our children. And how, what is the content of that service of God, that, that worshiping of God. How, what we have to, 
to teach our children and how we have to teach our children. As a family, in particular as a family. And so, the first thing I want to speak about with you, you can find in Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 6, verses 6 and 7. Deuteronomy 6, the verses 6 and 7. We know Deuteronomy 6 is following Deuteronomy 5. Deuteronomy 5 is the repetition of the law. And Moses speaks to the people of Israel. And let me start in verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And that thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. What words? The words of God. The words of God. And then he continues in verse 7, And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. So, fathers, we are called personally to teach our children the Word of God. That's the first part of the family worship, to teach our children the Word of God. It's important that we as fathers are reading the Word of God in the midst of our family. And hopefully you are doing that, and we are, I think it's maybe Dutch, I don't know, but it's a good, good thing to, after every meal, to read the Scriptures. But I think it's in particular important that we have one moment of the day and it can be different in families, but that we have a moment, one moment on the day that we can be together as a family to read the Scriptures as a father together with our children. And please, fathers, provide every child his or her own Bible and that every child can read along with you and you are reading the Scriptures, or maybe reading together the Scriptures. And explain. Explain the Scriptures to your family. So that means, and this is what Moses speaks about, but what Moses tells the people and thou shalt love the Lord, and these words which I command shall first of all be in thine heart. So as a father, when we have to teach our children out of the Word of God, those words need first of all to be in my heart. It needs to be my life. And from there, to teach our children to explain the Scriptures. 
not just read the scriptures, but explain them. Speak with your children, fathers. Speak with your children about the scriptures. Ask them questions if they understand it. And it, it's, I know, when, in particular when our children are young, you need to do that on different levels. And you know your children. They're all different. But, but try to reach your children on their own level to speak with them about the ways of God, about the Word of God. You cannot leave it to, your, to a teacher at school or to the Sunday school teacher or to your pastor, first of all. No, as a father, we have to teach our children, to instruct our children in the Word of God. When? Read again, verse 7. Deuteronomy 6, verse 7. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. When you're in house, in or outside, walking by the way, when you lay down or rise up. When you read it carefully, that means that needs to be done as often as possible. There are so many occasions to speak with your children about the Word of God. So, the family worship, first of all, is, is instructing our children the Word of God, teaching the children the Word of God every single day. It's a wonderful task, yes, that asks preparation that, asks, that requires preparation from a father to know where you, where you want to go to read, where you want to go to ask your children, where you want to talk about. But, oh, congregation, I really would like to encourage you. When you feel the need of the souls of your children to speak with your children and to study the Scriptures like the Scriptures are teaching us in the family worship, teaching the Word of God. And when a father is not present, and it can be for all different reasons, also, of course, it's also a task of the mother. As parents, we are also responsible. But first of all, it's the, it's the responsibility of a father and maybe you will say, oh, I'm, I'm not able to do that. I, I have not the gifts of speaking. I have not the gifts of, of instructing. That's not, first of all, the question. It's, 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 it's a God-given task. And if you don't know how, go on your knees before your family worship and say, Lord, I have to instruct my children. I don't know how. But please, Lord, lead me and give me wisdom. We know from how God is blessed, will, will bless all these, these things in the life of young people. 
we have a clear example in the life of Timothy. Let us read it from 2 Timothy chapter 1, 5. 2 Timothy 1, 5. The Apostle Paul says, and he writes to Timothy, and he says, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded that in thee also. So, God has worked in the life of Timothy also by the efforts of his mother and his grandmother. So, that's the first part of family worship, to teach your children, to instruct our children out of the Word of God. The second aspect of the family worship you can find in Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 10. In Jeremiah chapter 10, you can find how the Lord speaks in verse 25. Pour out thy fury upon the heathen that know thee not, and upon the families that call not on thy name. For they have eaten up Jacob and devoured him and consumed him and have made his habitation desolate. So the prophet says, Pour out thy fury upon the families that call not on thy name. That's a, that's a hard word, isn't it? Families. He does not speak about persons, but families that call upon thy name. And so we see in, in this verse that also as a family we need to call upon God's name to pray. And that's such a wonderful thing, isn't it? When children might grow up in a family and hearing the prayers of their parents, hearing the prayers to hear that their father is praying for the well-being of their souls, oh, the little ones and the older ones, they will never forget it. They will never forget it. When they feel the impression in their young souls, oh, my father, my mother, they don't not only, take, they don't only care for my daily needs, but, but in particular, I could hear, I could feel, I could, I could see the tears. When, when they were praying and calling upon the name of God for my salvation and looking for the glory of God as a family, and you can understand why there is a fury of God upon the families that don't call on the name of God. One of the Puritans, Thomas Brooks, he says, a family without prayer 
is like a house without a roof. It's exposed to all the storms of heaven. Once again, a family without prayer is like a house without a roof, exposed to all the storms of heaven. Oh, fathers, I will ask you, be a priest in your families and pray. Pray for your children. Mention their names before God. And, 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 and teach them also in prayer. Oh, that, that, that our families might be prayers filled with prayer. That our children might learn and the Holy Spirit will use it. The Holy Spirit, you, we have spoken about that as parents, we are the hands of God in the upbringing of our children. That's also what the Heidelberg Catechism says. It's since it pleases God to govern us by their hands. Oh, pray for your children. Pray with your children. Simple. Easy, clear, biblical. And try not to have always the same words. I know it's not easy, also as a minister, that our children exactly will know what you want to start to say. But, but in particular, that they might feel that it, is, that it is true. Oh, pray for the Holy Spirit in your prayers. Fathers, please. Pray for the Holy Spirit in your prayers, that it is not only superficial, but that they might have a taste of the joy, oh, when you might call upon God's name and expect the covenant blessings of God, that your children might taste the truth of it. Prayers. And then the third part of family worship you can find in Psalms, in Psalm 118, Psalm 118, verse 15. And we already sung about that. It says, the voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tabernacles of the righteousness, of the righteous. And the word tabernacles, you can also translate with a tan, in the houses. So, what was the case in the time of Israel? Where Psalm 180 is speaking about, when you, want, when you would pass those tents of the Israelites, you could hear the voices, the rejoicing, the voice of rejoice and salvation. You could hear them singing the praises of God. Let it also be part of our family worship. You can also find an encouragement for that in Colossians 3.16. Colossians 3.16. There the Apostle Paul says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another, how? 
in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Oh, you know probably from Martin Luther, it was his, it was his, it's his great longing that our families will be singing families. And it is very biblical how you can instruct our, to, to, to teach our children also by singing the psalms, in particular the psalm that's the Word of God. Parents, sing together as a family every single day during your family worship the psalms. Sing them with your whole heart. Sing them to worship God and to teach your family. And also, when I often, and I think it's every time when I speak with a couple who likes to get married, I always encourage them to start right away from the first day after their, mar their marriage. Yes, you are maybe only together, but you are just a family. You are a family. Start to do. Start with that. It's so worthy to, 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 to worship God in studying the Scriptures, in praying, in singing every single day. Why? Why I am asking attention for that, for family worship congregations? Oh, I know. Everything can become a custom. I know. And that's a danger. And we really can become satisfied with what we are doing, you know. And I can say, okay, I'm doing this, all these things. No, that's not what I mean. But that's the same thing why we have our, our worship service on the, on, the, on the Lord's Day, you know. Easily we can get used to it and take it for granted. But, but why are we coming together in church every Sunday? That we still expect that the Lord will use it to the extension of this, His kingdom. That He will use the preaching of His words to change the hearts of ourselves and of our families. And so that also our family worship, that our families might be a church in the church. Oh, God often has used it in the lives of children. And they will never forget it. And they will remember that then God will use it to also open the eyes of our children and of our families. But also, my dear parents, and I know our upbringing is always too short. But what you will say when we will stand as parents with our children before the judgment seat of Christ, my children will say, my father, I have never felt the love for my soul. I've never seen a single tear. Never heard one cry for the well-being of my soul. Oh, I know. I know perfectly. It's not perfect. The upbringing is never perfect. 
but all that we might see the upbringing of our children in, in the light of the presence of God, we have to give account as parents. And therefore, this is why I would like to share this message also in this service. Oh, start. Maybe you are not used to it. Start right away. Maybe there will come all kind of opposition. Start right away. Not expecting it from your, from your doings, but expecting it from God, a covenant-keeping Lord that He might use also this in the lives of our children. And times goes fast. Our children are very soon old, older, leaving our houses. Dear parents, that this message may be an encouragement to cry out for God for help in the midst of our families. And may I say once again, we are often thinking that God is first of all a God of individual people. Yes, conversion is a personal matter, that's true. But, when you read carefully through your Bible, you will see God is first of all a God of families. God of families. And oh, can we only can have our hope, not in our upbringing, not in our family worship, oh no. But our eyes are unto the God of the covenant. And to save me and all my children, me and my house, we will serve the Lord, the covenant-keeping God, to expect Him and His mighty work in the lives of each and every one of us for his glory, his honor, and the salvation all our children. Amen. Let's sing from Psalter 32. Stanzas 2 and 3. Psalter 32, the stanzas 2 and 3.
Let us pray. O covenant-keeping God, when Joshua was asking the people of Israel who they want to serve, he confessed that me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And Joshua knows, and he, he knew what was in his heart. He knew what was in the hearts of his offspring. But still, there was that confession. And it was so impressive that we could read, that we could read that the people of Israel were serving thee in the days of Joshua. We have to confess, Lord, as parents, our many shortcomings. O oh Lord, and we all, also I as a minister, also a father, Lord, grant us that the weight of the souls of our children might be feel, might be felt in our hearts, O oh Lord. And that we also in our personal prayers, first of all, might be found on our knees every day crying unto Thee for the salvation of our children, that our families might be a light in this world. And therefore, O Lord, our eyes are unto Thee. Yes, when we have spoken about these Scripture passages, we are talking about instruction in Scripture, in prayer, in singing. But our eyes are unto Thee, O Lord. O bless all the parents and grant them what they stand in need of in the upbringing of their children. O and Lord, that, that we might see the fruit of this, that we might see, Lord, that our children might fear thy name. Oh, therefore we pray, work mightily in their hearts and lives. Oh, when Satan is going around like a roaring lion, oh Lord, we need thy work. We need thy Holy Spirit. We pray bless the word and remember us. And also, Lord, when we don't have a family and when we are going single, oh, that we also might be filled with that weight of the souls of the children of the congregation.
And when we are a couple and don't have children, oh Lord, that we also may be a little family in the midst of thy church. Remember the parents, Lord, who are struggling with the upbringing when they did what they did, when they see how their children went astray. Oh, Lord, thou knowest how hard it can be. And oh, we never can say to be without sin, without shortcomings. Oh, Lord, and when we feel that responsibility where we should go, where we should go, oh, Lord, strengthen them and help them and give them wisdom that they keep praying. Oh, when we are not able more to talk with our children about Thee, that we might talk with Thee about our children. Thou art a covenant-keeping God, and therefore our eyes will be unto Thee, Lord, until the day of our death. Oh, remember Thy covenant, Lord, be with us in the furtherance of this week, in all the different activities mentioned already. Bless all the labors, all those moments when thy word will go open and will be proclaimed and explained. Lord, help us and be with us in all our daily labors. And bring us all together again in thy house the next Sabbath, or the other moments as mentioned. Lord, we ask all these things in the forgiveness of all our sins. For Jesus' sake alone. Amen. Let's sing in closing, Psalter 415, the sixth stanza. 415 for 6.
Ye congregation, go in peace. Lift up your hearts and receive the blessing of our covenant-keeping God. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Amen.